Hey friend, before we get to the episode, I have a free gift for you today. Do you want to start a podcast, but maybe you feel like it's probably too expensive, it's too confusing, and too time-consuming? Well, you need my podcast equipment guide. It's the five things I could not record my podcast without, and they all cost less than $100. I'll talk to you with direct links of what to buy about the physical podcast equipment, podcasting softwares, hosting, and more, all in this free guide. It's everything you need to feel ready to start a podcast today. So go get it at elizabethmccravey.com slash record. Now here's the episode. Hey guys, I'm Elizabeth McCravey, a website designer and business coach for entrepreneurs and your host for the Breakthrough Brand Podcast the show that's all about pulling back the curtain on how to actually build a successful business. I don't skim the surface around here. If you want a deep dive into the nitty gritty details of what it takes to run a successful business and stand out in a crowd, you're in the right place. After creating a multiple six-figure-a-year website design business in my 20s, I'm ready to share everything I've learned and everything I'm still learning because I believe the keys to building a thriving business should never be a secret. Here you'll find episodes that are actionable, direct, and fun, like French chatting business over coffee and a fresh, honest take on the reality of being an entrepreneur. If you're ready to master online marketing, branding, website design, mindset, and business strategy, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to build your breakthrough brand. Let's do this. Today, I'm chatting with a super talented, super inspiring designer friend, Amanda Scott. She's a brand and website designer who's been at this for more than 10 years, and she's designed for billion-dollar businesses and one-woman shows. And she was actually one of my first booked-out designer students back in 2021 when she officially took her business full-time, and she was looking at her skill set knowing like, hey, I'm a really talented designer, but I actually don't know the business side of things. So that's how she ended up taking Designer, And we hop all over the place in this conversation with topics like what it was like for Amanda side hustling her business next to a corporate job for about three years. So if you are in that side hustle season, you'll really love that part of the conversation. We talk about how she charges premium prices in her business, how she decided to specialize in show it design, advice for raising your prices over time, how Amanda went from being afraid to show up on Instagram, like afraid to show her face, to Instagram being one of her number one lead sources. We talk about her referral program with past clients, her one concept branding method, and also her overall experience with Designer. So whether you're a fellow designer like Amanda and I or not, this episode has something for you. I know many of you have expressed to me that you just love hearing success stories from other business owners, whether they're in your industry or not, but there's someone who's like sharing like, hey, here's where I started. Here's where I'm at now. And it fires you up. It gets you inspired and gives you interesting ideas in your own business. And it does me too. So I want to bring you more episodes like this one with Amanda but just know designer or not, there's something here for you. And I personally felt super motivated after talking to Amanda, like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like we can do this was kind of my thought after. And I know you'll feel that too. So let's dive into it. Here's my conversation with Amanda Scott. All right, Amanda, I'm so excited to talk with you. Welcome to the Breakthrough Brand Podcast. If you would just tell everyone who you are, maybe where you live and what you do in your business and like who you serve and all that good stuff. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm Amanda. I'm a brand designer, brand strategist. I'm also a show it design partner. So website designer, I guess I should also 
plug that in. There's, I have so many titles that kind of hard to. <laughs> I feel that. Like, how do I say that? But I live in northern Idaho. I don't know if anyone knows where Moscow, Idaho is, um, with my husband and two Australian shepherds. And I primarily work with creative service providers, and that kind of tends to be a lot of photographers and a lot of interior designers. So a lot of people who are working like in their own kind of aesthetics as well. So. I love that. And you have like, I have this as a question for you later to talk about, but you have such an aesthetically pleasing brand yourself, which is like <laughs> so cool. So we'll, we'll get to that because I want to talk about creating your own website as a designer and all that in your own brand. But tell everyone what your business was like, or just your, let's talk about like life before starting your business. What were you doing? Are you formally trained in design? What's your background? Yeah. So I went to college for design. I originally actually went for veterinary medicine and I ended up being allergic to cows and horses. And so I was like, that's not going to (laughs) work. So um, I ended up going for graphic design. I had done like yearbook in high school and like all through high school was doing the yearbook. And so I really gotten to love design that way. But I thought that, you know, design isn't actually like, like a real job. And so I should go get like a quote unquote real job. But after that didn't work out, I went back to graphic designing, just kind of felt like I was coming home (laughs) because I've always loved design and uh, artsy stuff. And so I graduated with a degree in graphic design. I also did like marketing and advertising like during that time too. So I ended up with a couple of minors as well. And then I had some internships, like some design internships with like a promotional product company where we were designing those, like working with like big brands with those. And then I had like a internship with university where I was working at the career center, helping with like organizing events and, and promoting their events as well. And then I ended up getting an internship at a local corporation. They protect the equipment for the electric grid, very technical stuff, like a whole lot of engineers. My, my husband's an engineer. He actually works there too. So, but we both got hired on as interns there. So we were, I was there as an intern for probably two years before they hired me on full time. And so I worked as a, in-house designer for them so I was like on like a web design team and then like we worked with like the graphic designers and we had like a photographer and a videographer and an animator and so it was like a whole in-house design team and creative team that we worked on like campaigns and came up with campaigns and stuff like that so that was a really cool experience and then I kind of started feeling like really burnt out and like like I wasn't being able to use like any of my creative juices that were in my head as I was like dreaming up new stuff and I'd bring it to the meetings and they say it's you know a little bit too out there you know it's a more conservative market which I can understand and everything but it just kind of felt like I needed something to kind of really get that out of my system and so I just started doing design on the side so okay so that was all some of that was after college then of you having like your first job okay that went from like an internship to a first job was that yeah they hired me Yeah, I was an intern during college, um, and they kept me up on as an intern like a year after college because they there was some like funding issues and stuff. But yeah. um, then eventually they hired me on full time after about like a year or two after I graduated. So, what was it like managing your business as a side hustle while also having a nine to five? That was a lot. Like it was truly like a hustle. Like I was like on my lunch breaks. You know, I'd take an hour lunch break and I'd be sending out designs to clients or replying to emails or like I'd come home, you know, make dinner, do a couple like chores or, you know, hang out with my husband for an hour and then, you know, start my, my work day at like seven, eight o'clock at night and work till like 10 or 11. And then weekends, you know, it was like a true hustle for like 
three years because I started like I do like the official like start date of my business like in June of like 2018 and I didn't quit my job until like January of 2021 and so it was like it was like a solid three years of just side hustles and I mean if if work got busier then I would like kind of scale stuff back but it was a lot of just nights and weekends and in between stuff so that's amazing. Okay, so you were really doing that on the side for longer than I think I realized. Um, yeah. That's, did you know early on when it was a side hustle that you were hoping to go full-time or were you thinking like, nope, I'm content with this being something I do on the side for extra income? Yeah, it started as like just extra income. I mean, we were new college graduates and we bought a house and so we were like student loan debt and car debt and house debt and we were like, they were good investments, but we were just like needed to get out of debt. And so yeah. it just started as like extra money to put towards student loans um, and everything. And then I was like, wait, this is actually like really fun. And I like doing this. I'm like dreaming about things I want to do when I'm at my day job and thinking all these cool things. And I have no time to do it just because I'm working this. And so, yeah, yeah eventually we just kind of got busier and busier. And I had a roster of clients that were ready to work with me. So I was like, this is a good time to go. Yeah. What advice or like, do you, if you have any words of encouragement for someone listening who also is in that side hustle season, because there's a lot of people like that's like, yeah. I mean, my business also started that way of like, that's like one of the most common ways, especially as designers that we like kick off our career and it can be so hard. And you did it way longer than I did of like the side hustle life. So I'm yeah. just curious if you have like, yeah, any words of encouragement or like just thoughts on that that you want to add? Yeah. I mean, taking care of yourself is huge. Like I still made time to like go to the gym and work out or, you know, make sure, try to get, you know, as much sleep in as I could, you know, and it's really hard, but if you have an end goal in mind and you have like, you know, for us, it was paying off student loans, right? We wanted to make sure the student loans are paid off before I was able to quit my job. And so I think having a goal of like something that you're working toward or, and even able to like, you know, mark it off some way to kind of see that progress that you're making, it kind of helps keep that that drive going, but also like making sure you're not overworking yourself and, you know, taking time to decompress and relax and stuff because it can really come back to bite you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And I love the having a goal you're working towards. That does give you like an interesting motivation and purpose behind it all. Yes. Okay. You went full time in January of 2021, you said, and then you joined book.designer then that would have been like the way that was like the next month then that I did the the beta launch. Yeah. So everyone, I I probably will say this in the intro, but Amanda was one of the first people to join book.designer. I think literally one of the first people to like literally buy it in addition to being (laughs) like the founding um, members is why I call you guys. So that was when I beta launched the course and I had not created it yet, but like was like, okay, I'm going to launch it and then make it for everyone. So what was it like deciding to do that? I know obviously going on in your life, it would have been that you were leaving and going full time. I'd love to hear about like that whole process and just time in your life. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like, honestly, like perfect timing. I couldn't have picked like a better time for it to come along. And I had just obviously quit my job in January and I was like, okay, I I feel, you know, confident in my design skills, but no one has ever taught me how to run a business. Um, And so like when you were talking about, it's more for like people like how to run a successful design business. I was like, that's really what I mean. I need, you know, I've done it on the side, but not full time. And that's, it's a really different, different scenario just because you're not in that feast or famine mode when you're, when you have that steady income. Um, 
and I don't, I didn't want that as a full-time working full-time either. And so I wanted to be able to step into it successfully and step into that next chapter successfully. I feel like, I mean, I listened to your podcast for like years before that, like those were the, those are the ones that I was like listening to at my corporate job and be like, Oh, I had this idea and that's such a good idea. I can't do anything about it right now. Just write it down and do it later. Um, But, and so like, I had loved your, like your teaching style and how you don't like hold anything back and you really like go into the nitty gritties. And I was like, if she does that, like just in like in general, like her course is going to be phenomenal. I know it. And so it was just like, it was honestly like a no, no brainer just to go in and do it. So I love that. And I know, okay, you mentioned this on your website and I feel like I know it's watching you to run your business, but you're not someone who buys courses like obsessively, um, yeah. which that's like, you know, some people do that and that's fine. But like, there's a lot of, like, you're very deliberate with like the way you run your business and spend your money um, yeah. and invest your time even because buying a course is like obviously time. Um, and you said in a blog post that you had taken courses where like, you ended up feeling like you, it was stuff you already knew. And I guess I'm just curious how book.designer was different for you in that way of like not being stuff where you were like, Oh, I already know this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, the course I had taken before, it was really just vague and you know, it's like stuff that like you could have literally put into a blog post. Like it was not, you know, deep and you couldn't, there was no like walking you through or anything versus like book.designer. It was like, okay, I'm, you're gonna watch over my shoulder exactly how I do this. This is why I do it this way. This, these are the steps. These, this is where I order gifts from. This is like it was like so so in depth that I was like it's literally all laid out, and it was so helpful to see like the how, but also the why and the what, like the whole picture versus just kind of like a surface level view of everything, which is so helpful. Love that. I kind of asked Amanda about this prior to talking, but like. I know you may not remember what your prices started out at because that was, again, like we're talking, I mean, June 2018, I think is what you said. So yeah. a while ago, but you've raised your prices consistently over time to where now you're charging premium pricing and offering people a premium service where you're like going all out. And I think a lot of designers, if we were to look at your pricing, it's like, oh my gosh, like that's a dream to be able to charge what I'm yeah. charging. So I would just love for you to talk about that. Like where were your numbers at to start with? Where are they now? And like, how did you get there? And what is the packages? Yeah, I think I charged like three or $400 for a logo when I first, like that was my first, you know, I mean, I'd still had experience then I had like internships, but that was like my first, like, Hey, I'm running a business. I'm going to charge for a logo. Um, And so like, and now like my, I mean, it was kind of stuff, a lot of stuff over time, like seeing the value I'm providing to my clients and investing in myself and kind of learning more about like how I can be a better designer and how I can provide more value to them. And then honestly, like the college experience and like working with in-house designers, working with like billion dollar companies, you know, that adds a lot of value. And so, I mean, now I think like my website package is like 10,000, but that also includes a copywriter, right? I mean, I'm also contracting copywriters to come in and help and um, write their copy for them. Or, you know, I think my brand strategy and brand design package is at like, I think 37, 3900, something like that. But that strategy, I mean, it's a two hour workshop. You get like 
40 pages of like, this is your why, this is your how, this is your mission statement. This is, these are your clients. These are your values, your archetypes. There's just so much that people don't realize that goes into it that adds a ton of value, not only for like them in this moment, but like for the future and the growth of their business that allows them to like, you know, hire with people with the right values and ensure that they're talking to the right people, like their ideal client and what they're saying at each point in the sales process. I mean, go through like a little bit of brand messaging of like, okay, for your particular client, this is what they need to see when they, when they reach out all the way into Mm -hmm. till like right before they book. And that's all like in one document. And so it's like really helpful for them. And so it is premium pricing, but it is like a premium experience and they're getting a lot for what they're investing in. So, yeah, absolutely. And you're like such a talented designer as well. I'd love to hear how you feel like you market maybe differently to a premium clientele who are like, Hey, we're ready to invest that much money. Like, do you have any tips just thinking about like for other listeners, whether designers or not, who are like, Hey, I want to also attract someone who's wanting to invest at that level. What could I do? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing is being confident in your pricing, right? If you're wavering, if you're kind of feeling like, I don't know if I'm, if I, if what I'm offering is worth it, then yeah. the prospective client's going to feel that too. And so I think that's huge. And knowing like the value that you're bringing, you know, can't just, you know, go and charge $5,000 for a logo. I mean, someone can, sure. Someone's going to buy it. But you also have to realize that the people that you're looking for are out there and it's okay if it's not everyone. I mean, I I was booking, the amount of clients I was booking when I was charging less was more, but I'm booking less clients that know exactly what they want from me and I know I can give it to them, right? It's a lot more aligned now than when I was charging, you know, $1,000 for an entire brand identity package, so... Yeah. Yeah. So right now you're saying you feel like you're working with less people, but like, I guess are projects longer than they used to be, or is it still about the same as what they were yeah. when you're charging less? Yeah. They're a little bit longer, especially like the brand strategy. Cause it is, you know, we add probably a two or three weeks just with the strategy portion. And then yeah. that really influences the identity portion of it. And, you know, when I'm doing the identity portion, I'm not just doing like three logos, your fonts and your colors. And, you know, we're also going into yeah. patterns and we're also doing like custom illustrations or custom icons or, you know, stuff like that too, that can really elevate the brand even more. So. Yeah. With your designing, I know you're a show it designer now, meaning like when we say that, we sh- well, you're a show design partner as well, but we also mean like you just design your websites yeah. on show it when you do websites. Have you always worked with show it or when did you find show it? Like what's that experience? No. So, I mean, I, I mean, coming from college, like I literally took one course on website design and it was like literally like coding everything. There was no, (laughs) there was no like builder. (laughs) And then, I mean, I went into this corporate job where it was same thing. Like we were literally, we had templates, but I was coding the templates. I was not like just doing a visual editor. So from there, I actually, I have like a decent amount of like code experience and I can use that in websites still but it's but then I went into like I was like someone's gonna want WordPress like WordPress is like the biggest builder ever and so I just tried to teach myself WordPress and I got so frustrated (laughs) I was like this is supposed to be easy and this is way harder than just coding it all and trying to figure out where stuff goes and stuff so then I went over to Squarespace and I was with Squarespace for probably like a good year or two and I was actually doing Squarespace and show it at the same time for a little while as well I kept finding that people were like really end up being kind of frustrated when they ever wanted to change anything on Squarespace and it was hard to 
make it like a holistic solution for them because like it's starting to start adding new stuff where the code that you added doesn't cover the customization, if that makes sense, then it really just starts to look kind of disjointed and everything. So, and eventually people were telling me, you know, oh, show it's like way easier, way easier to use. And that's what I was hearing from my clients too. Like when I was doing like the offboarding of like, okay, walking through the builder and everything, they would always be like, oh wait, it's like actually this easy. And it was just kind of made sense to go all in on show it because those are where I was getting more of my ideal clients of people like I wanted to work with. And it was a better experience for me and the client to, to work work with it. So Yeah, when you were marketing yourself as like, hey, I do Squarespace and I do show it, do you feel like that worked well? I know obviously you went to just show it, but I think that can yeah. be a good strategy for designers to be like, I'll show up with you and design for you on these various platforms. I feel like it makes show it and Squarespace are so similar that that concept makes more sense if you're like doing maybe Squarespace and Shopify or something that's so different. But I'm curious, like, if you felt like that worked or if you felt like you were confusing people or confusing yourself of, like, which one should this client go with or, like, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely more – I think it was more confusing for everybody, honestly, because I was, like – I mean, with Squarespace, you start with a template and you have to start with a template. Like, there's no just, like, blank page you start with, right? And so it ended up being a lower-priced offer, but I was spending more time customizing it. So that was, I was like, why is this? I mean, I'm not having to build as much, but I'm having to spend way more time customizing everything to like make it look good for them. And so, and then the client, I think, kind of picked up on that of it was just taking longer than expected with the template versus mm-hmm. working inside a show it. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, it can, like I said, I think it can definitely work. It just, in my scenario for what, for the clients I was attracting, it, it didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. And it might help you show up more specialized to be like, I do show it. I'm a yeah. show it design partner. Like this is the platform I know versus having to like specialize in two. And you showed in Squarespace are both like Squarespace just came out with Fluid Engine, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Not that. I mean, that was a few months ago. And show it, it does updates like every day. It feels like yeah. right now. So it's a lot to keep up with if you're like managing both softwares oh, yeah, is your sure. thing. Okay. I also want to talk to you about Instagram. So I know, so you said on what your blog post, you have a beautifully written blog post about book designer, by the way, that <laughs> yeah. we'll link to for people to read. But in that blog, you said before book designer, you had almost never gotten a single lead from Instagram. And now at least at this point, which you wrote this blog post a little while ago, but it's your top place you find your clients. You talked about how you were like, kind of, you just didn't really feel like you wanted to show up in that way. So I'm curious, how did you change to be able to show up well on Instagram to be able to book clients? Like what was that shift like in your life? Yeah. I mean, I was finding a lot of my clients through like Facebook groups, like for Designer, And that's kind of how I was just marketing myself because I like to hide behind the screen. <laughs> and that was really the, the thing with Instagram, right? I felt super weird, like holding up my phone and being like, oh, I'm talking to you to a phone. But like through your course and kind of like talking and you talking through like ways to kind of overcome that and, you know, get over that hump. I was like, okay, I just need to try it. Give it a shot. Because I do think like I knew my idea clients were hanging on Instagram. I just didn't want to like get in front of the camera essentially. But one tip that you said that was super helpful was just like blocking people that you don't want seeing your story. And I was like, I am totally going to do that. Like I even blocked my husband because I was like, I don't want him like to come home at night and be like, why are you talking to your phone all the time? And, that's um, funny. I love that blocking your husband. Hey, that's why yeah. I thought of it. That. My husband doesn't have Instagram. So, but that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. He eventually, like he got back on the list and everything, but like getting over the hump uh, of like yeah. 
I feel weird talking to the camera and stuff that, yeah. And he was super understanding about it, but I didn't want him. And he wouldn't have like actually been like, you're saying stuff weird or whatever, but yeah, which is kind of funny. I was like, I just need to kind of like be talking to strangers and not to people I know right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And what do you feel like right now, maybe even is working for you on Instagram for marketing? Yeah, I think definitely being able to show my work a lot easier. Like on Facebook, it's like you can link to your portfolio and hope that people click on it. But like on Instagram, like you can kind of display your work and people can browse it a lot easier. And I think it's a lot easier to find people on Instagram versus like, you know, there's thousands and thousands of websites. And I think it's a lot easier to kind of, you know, filter through hashtags and and people to find people there or with reels or however. So do you know what your number one lead source is by chance or like number one ish? Is it Instagram or something else? I think it's Instagram. It's kind of a toss up between Instagram or, or referrals. Those are the top two for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, those are often, I feel like, like typically one form of social media that you're like really working on and then referrals. Designers, are you feeling like you just can't book any clients? You're not sure where to look, you're getting ghosted, and you're not making the income you thought you would now by this point in your business. I want to encourage you to download my ASAP client booking guide. It's absolutely free and it's for designers and it covers eight ways to find paying clients in your business like yesterday. You can get it at elizabethmccravey.com slash ASAP. That link is in the show notes too. And this free guide is drawing from things that Amanda actually learned in Designer, And this is a great way for you to go ahead and start getting some of these results where you're booking out, you're finding great clients, they're paying high prices for free. So get it at elizabethmccravey.com slash ASAP. Do you have any tips for like building referral relationships with past clients or anything you do that you feel like helps that be a significant portion of your leads? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd actually have like a referral program where I offer them 10% of their invoice of whoever they send to me, their first invoice. And so like if they do like a six month payment plan, it's the first invoice, right? And so that's, that's, I don't have like a ton of people like commenting on it. I think it's just kind of like a nice little bonus when they first send people and they're like, oh, like, thanks for the the little cash in my PayPal, right? I've also like really built some good relationships with other like template designers. Like, and so that's been really helpful to kind of be able to, if they don't have the capacity for clients or if they even have a custom client that comes to them and we have really similar styles, they'll actually send it in my way, which has been really helpful. So I love that uh, client referral system. How do you track that? Is it just like you're going off of what people put on your contact form as their referral? Yeah, you just kind of say, hey, you know, just make sure they mention your name and in, in the contact form and then I'll send them the PayPal. And yeah. then I also did think of like, you know, I think the client experience too, like they have such a great client experience and they have a good time working with me and they really, you know, they say it's really easy for, especially for a website, like that's, it's a really technical, complicated thing, but it's also like, you know, where do you start kind of like, it's a big, big project. And so making the project easy for them and feeling like they don't have to, you know, stress about it. I think that alone is kind of a really good referral system too in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I love all that. And it is for designers listening, like doing that, like first 10% of invoice is such a good incentive too, on top of that, because they might be thinking, oh my gosh, I love Demanda's work. And like, I love my website, but they might be more likely to think to mention 
like you yeah. when you're giving them something back. So I think sometimes people get caught up in like, I don't sell templates, so I can't have a referral program, but it's like there are other ways to do it. So yeah, that's super sure. helpful. Okay. One other question. I keep saying that, but your favorite <laughs> module in book.designer, I'd love to hear like favorite module or favorite lesson, like what stood out to you as most helpful? Yeah, I have two <laughs> because I couldn't pick between the two and they were both like super impactful, but the client process module, I knew like you taking us through that whole, like literally from trying to, to book the client to offboarding them and the whole process of like was super interesting and also like helped me streamline my process a lot, which was awesome. Especially like the offboarding of like going through the site together of switching out photos. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like that's so simple, but like... I was just having clients like send me like a million screenshots and a million photos of like, okay, this is where you want to put this. And I was like, it's, it's hard to keep track of and like the gifting and all of that. And that was super helpful. And then the pricing module, that was like, especially the first, I think it was like the first lesson where you had to see like your money story and like go through all of that. Like I had a lot of revelations from that and I was like, wow, like I was kind of, it's more mindset stuff that was kind of like holding me back of what, I wanted to charge ideally and what I could charge. And so that was really huge too. Oh, I love that. And yes, like, so that pricing module, I actually hilariously watched that first video yesterday. (laughs) So it feels very fresh. I watched it because I'm working on a class for show it designers and I was going to reference something from that video. I ended up not using anything from it. So it's only saying in book.designer. But first I thought I was going to use one of those tips for the free training I'm doing. But yeah, that like everything that makes so much sense. Like we have so much money stuff that you don't even realize that you're bringing into like how you, you know, you say you started like $300 for a project, which might've made sense at that time with your skill level and things like that. But getting to where you're charging around $10,000, like that takes more than just raising your prices. It takes the skills and often money mindset stuff too, to feel like you show up confidently with that. And then like of the, you know, kind of, I guess you call it like bonus elements of Designer. So we have coaching calls and we have a Facebook group. I know you've loved both of those. So I guess yeah. if you want to just like talk about that and like how that was impactful to your business. Yeah. The coaching calls, the guest speakers, the community. I mean, it's all been like, there's not a, like a bad thing about book designer, book designer. It's so hard to be like, oh, this is my favorite because it's all so good. But like, the coaching calls is just so so cool to get like one-on-one help from you and like because you're you've been around and you know the stuff and kind of really offer a unique perspective. Also like the chat and all of our in our coaching calls was always like so active and everyone's like also offering their advice too, which is really cool. So not only getting advice from you but like from other designers who may have had this a similar situation is always really cool. I mean, the community was amazing. <laughs> like I have so many like friends still. I mean, we're in 2023 and I joined in 2021. Like I'm still talking to Ida and Amanda and someone in Maya and all everyone else. And so like, I feel like you created like a really heartfelt, like supportive community, which is so hard to find. Like you always have like this feel underlying feeling of like competitiveness in other groups, but like we're all trying to win and we all want to help everyone win in that group. And it's just really cool to see. So. Yeah, I love that. And there really are so many like friendships that have come out of it too. So yeah, yeah I love hearing that you feel that way. I want to know too, what advice would you give someone who is, let's just say, thinking about becoming a designer? Maybe even they're like you and they're like, hey, I do like have some formal design training or maybe they don't, but they feel like they have the skill, but they're like not sure about going all in on like the business side of things. 
Yeah, I know it can definitely be scary. It's especially I know I was scared too, like leaving a predictable income and a full time job to really go in all in on it. But and it's not all smooth sailing, but it's so worth it. Like you have so much flexibility, just like the design industry by itself is always shifting and changing. And so like, it's never the same and you can always like adapt and grow within it, which is really cool. It's just go for it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Great advice. Okay. So also your website, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode that I wanted to ask you about this. I just love your website. Like it is a whole vibe and it's beautiful. Everyone needs to go look at it. And I know you redesigned it. Like you kind of rebranded your business at some point. When was that? And I just want to know, like, what was it like designing for yourself as a designer, like how you went about building the brand you built? Yeah, that was like a work in progress for almost a year, probably. Like I did, like I took myself through like my own strategy process and like did like the whole, what are my values? Like, what are the feelings I want my clients to have? Like the whole thing, because it really helped me to kind of focus on like where I wanted to be in my business. So I officially launched it like January of this year, 2023. But I forgot the other half of your question. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I keep asking you so many questions in a row. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering if you have any, like, it's hard to design for yourself based oh, as a yeah. designer. I super struggle with that. And I've had a work in progress version of my website for like <laughs> two years. It's horrible because it is hard, like, getting movie on stuff. So I guess I'm just wondering. I know you just said that you, like, did your own process, but like, how did you decide that you wanted these vibes for your brand and like setting all that up? Yeah. I mean, for me, it really came from that brand strategy process of like standing out, being different. Don't want to look like every other designer. You know, there's like a certain vibe out there. And I like, I look at it and I'm like, oh, that looks like this person. Oh, it's actually not that person. It's someone else that, but they look exactly the same. Right. And so that was really big for me. Like, cause otherwise if I just go in and start designing, I'm like, I'm just kind of doing it based on that feeling for that day versus like an overall goal of like what I'm trying to achieve and who I'm trying to attract. So once I had that, then it was just, just executing and finding inspiration and doing something that wasn't, you know, what I haven't really seen a ton of before. So yeah. Have you always had your own name as your business name? Yeah. Nice. Just go ahead and <laughs> go straight to that instead yeah. of doing I've, a million name changes. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I've changed my name. I was Amanda Scott Creative before okay. and now I'm Amanda Scott Design Co. Yeah. But that was – and I've changed my domain. I was like amandascottdesignco.com. <laughs> and I was like, wait, let's just shorten it and take out the .com and just do .co. And so I've yeah. changed my domain name, but I've always had my name in there. I couldn't think of anything like creative or like I've tried. I was like, I just can't find anything that fits and feels right other than my name. So, Well, you also have like the easiest to spell name ever. Like there's no, it's like spelled how it sounds. It's both words we all know. So that also is really helpful when you like think about that whole consideration. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you too, you do the one concept method for projects. Can you explain what that is and why you do it that way? Yeah. So the one concept method is essentially presenting one completed concept to the client. So instead of, you know, offering them like three or four different logos and four different color schemes, like I go in there usually with that brand strategy piece. I mean, even if we don't, they don't do like the full like workshop and everything, we still kind of like get on the same page of like the overall direction. And so based on that direction, I present one completed project and one completed concept. So it has the logo suite, the fonts, the colors, the brand elements, all patterns, all of that integrated into one. They can see 
one complete solution versus like seeing part of the picture. And I think that's really helpful for the client, but it also, I mean, when you kind of put options in front of them, it's kind of like going to a restaurant and you have like a million options on the, on the menu and you're like, I don't know what I want because I, there's, I don't even know what to sort through first, right? And so it, it ends up being a lot easier on the client because it's, I mean, I've, t- I've taken the hard work from them and kind of said, okay, that based on all of everything we've talked about, based on my experience, based on like the research I've done beyond what we've talked about, this is kind of the, what I'm feeling is going to work best for, for you. And it's a recommendation. I, I mean, it's not just something like, it's not just a gut feeling. It's not just kind of like emotional. It's a lot more calculated. It's a lot more intentional that way too. And so, of course, there's always, I mean, there's, tweaks we can make in some things that, you know, if they don't like it, they start over. I've never actually had a client say, hey, let's start over. This isn't even close to what I was thinking because we've done so much like work on the front end of like understanding who they're trying to attract and their direction of their businesses and everything. And so usually it's just like small tweaks here or there and then it's, and then it's done. So it's easier on the clients, easier on me. And I get to work on one concept and like put like everything into it and really flesh it out versus like trying to flesh out like three, four, five concepts, which is really great. Yeah. So I've done some projects that way and some projects with multiple presentations to people. And it is like both can work really well, but I always love hearing like why you go one way or another. And I do love what you said too, of like you're putting, you're basically taking the like decision off the client and be like, Hey, I'm the expert. We're going to do all the strategy ahead of time together. And then like, I'm going to help the important decision be made. So I think that'd be an interesting thing for people to explore. If you feel like you often have clients where they're like, let me see what my boyfriend thinks or like my mom Mm -hmm. says that doesn't look good. And it's like (laughs) too much, like super, super back and forth about it. It might be more helpful to like have that approach. How do you present it to clients? Like when you go to show them like, this is the brand, is it a meeting or like over an email or what? Yeah, I've done it both ways where like I'll record like a loom video and walk through presentation with them. And I've also done it where like we actually sit down and meet and talk about it. Honestly, I haven't noticed like a big difference either way. I actually used to write out all of my explanation, like my design explanation. And so just send it via email too. And that took so long because I was be like, oh, and this, oh, and that, oh, and this. And so it would take me like literally like an hour or two just to write out my, all my design thoughts. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. So I think between like Loom and the, and like meeting, I haven't really figured out like if there's like a better way. I think it kind of depends on the client too. It's like some just want to be able to kind of like look at the video and digest it versus like being able to chat about it and stuff. So I will say like getting on the call and talking about it, then they can ask questions a little bit easier versus like the less back and forth. But I think some people also feel a little bit put on the spot being like, Hey, I put this all together for you. Now, what do you think? And they feel like they have to give feedback then. And that's not the intention. It's just more just kind of presenting everything. So Yeah. Thanks for explaining those two ways. Cause yeah, I feel like I would even as a designer lean more towards loom because I feel like it'd be like, whoo, sending that yes. <laughs> like on the zoom be like, this is your thing. And like, you're like, so like, please be happy. And it's like yeah. nice to like, you're saying like, don't put the client directly on the spot as much. 
might be nice for them and also nice for you to like, like they're going to look at it and then they'll send me thoughts when they have it. And it's like no pressure, but regardless, it's like, I know sending off those logos or the website or whatever. It's like, I'm just like, please write me back right now. Yeah. I need to know what you think. Please yeah. love this. It's a lot of pressure. I have seen, like I've actually had clients where like I'm on the call with them and they'll just like break down crying because they love it so much. And I'm like, I love seeing that. I'm like, I want that every time. I mean, it doesn't happen every time because every client's different, but I was like, oh my gosh, if I could see it every time, like that'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would make the like being on a Zoom call together in person like yeah. worth it. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you, Sue. You're a show it design partner now, and I know there are a lot of show it designers listening where you design on show it, but you may not be moving on the track towards becoming a design partner, which basically yeah. means you're going through. Do you have to take a course that show it's put together? You have to have done a certain number of custom sites. There's a different whole lot of different requirements. You have to get like submit they'll like reach out to your client to get testimony. Like it is a process, but yeah. what advice you have to someone who's thinking like, Hey, I'm, I'm a show designer, but I don't know that I need to be a design partner. Like why become a design partner? And like, how does that change your business any? Yeah. I mean, first off it like adds like a lot of credibility because there's that verification process of like, you know, you're not just any designer design. I mean, anyone, literally anyone can go in and take the design course and say, Oh, I'm a show designer. But having that verification process of like, do you have good process? Like, how do you do work with clients well and everything? That's like having that credibility is really huge. But also, like, it's it's again another really fun community. I mean, we we always moved over to Circle, right? And it's yeah. like we're all in that little like community where you're like interacting and stuff. But also, like, being able to, to submit templates to like the design marketplace has been really cool. Yeah. I think I have like three templates in there now. And so it's been really cool to have that, like, more of that passive income. I mean, I I mean, I need to go update them. So it's not, like, completely passive, right? But it's a lot more, like, kind of, like, I just get, get a little bonus every time, like, I get, like, a email in my inbox, like, oh, you sold this template. I'm like, oh, fun. I didn't even <laughs> – I rarely do anything about it. So yeah. it's kind of – that's fun, too. Do you sell your templates on your own website? No. Okay, I was like, I didn't even realize you had templates in Shows Market because I know they're not on your site. No, yeah, you that's something that. I'm working on. I'm <laughs> yes. working on it for the summer. So that's cool though that you're making templates now. And yes, that's such a good like you should give a great explanation of like that is you're able to get in front of Show It's audience by being a design yeah. partner through templates and through custom work because there's a page on Show It site that's like hire a design partner mm-hmm. where people can look at like your specialties, go look at your website from there, and kind of figure out like, is this someone I want to work with? And yeah, so totally, totally worth it. Okay. Kind of last thing, but for someone who's thinking about joining booked out designer and maybe they're on the fence or they're like, I don't know if this is for me. I'm what advice would you give them? Yeah. I mean, if you're anything like me where you're like, have been binging Elizabeth's podcast for years, like you're only going to like gain even more in the community and it's inside the course. I mean, like, we have such a fun community. Like I said, we're all wanting each other to win. It's really supportive. And like Elizabeth just has like a really amazing, like God-given gift for teaching and sharing and like being like, I don't know how you did it, but like curating community that just like is so amazing. Like it's, you're missing out if you're not in it really. But yeah, it's a really great community. And it's, if like I said, if you like Elizabeth's podcast, like the book out designer is just like, a thousand times better. So thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad you're a part of the community and I know you contribute a lot and glad that you were able to join to it. Like such perfect timing when you were like yeah. leaving and then like 
the course launch, like that's like such cool and unique situation timing wise. Okay. Do you have, I feel like I could ask you like a million questions. I didn't even <laughs> scratch the surface of all the ones I have in here, but do you have any last like advice for designers or like last things you kind of want to say to close this out? I know like one thing I struggle with sometimes as a designer is like taking stuff personally. And I think that's something we kind of talk about sometimes in the group too, of like, Hey, I got this feedback, you know, it's, I don't know how to address it. I'm struggling. And I know that's the big part of being a designer is like knowing how to go through feedback and take those critiques and apply the feedback. And so that's something that's, it's a skill that we're all working on. I feel like it's, it's, I don't think you ever really truly master it, but just kind of something to think about, like getting into it is it's not personal. It's about like making sure that the best solution is, is found. And a lot of times, you know, when I get that feedback, I still feel a little hurt sometimes, but then I like kind of sit with it and it like, I end up creating like an even better solution, like 98% of the time. So yeah, that's, that's one thing I think is unique to designers that is that you have to kind of work and grow through, but yeah, it's all worth it because you have the flexibility you have, you're getting to work with these amazing clients. I mean, I have a client in Australia right now. Like that's just, it's like insane. (laughs) So just get to really connect with really cool people that are doing amazing things and get to assist them in like a really fun way, but also a really strategic and impactful way in their business, which is really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like creative work is so vulnerable. So it can feel like you said, like unique and as a designer, when you're getting feedback that doesn't feel quite like you hoped. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, tell everyone where they can connect with you. Yeah, so I mentioned before my website is amandascottdesign.co. I hang out mostly over on Instagram, usually on stories. I'm not great about posting on my feed. I go through seasons. I think like a lot of of people do that too. I'm also like on Facebook, Pinterest. I have a YouTube channel now that I've just started. So like I'm starting to do like show tutorials over there. So if you're struggling with some show it stuff, maybe peek over there. Might might be some helpful stuff over there. So basically anywhere I'm Amanda Scott Design Co. So you find me there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll link to all that. And for people listening who like are not designers, because I know we have some people listening who are not designers also, how can they work with you? Like what's the best way to go about like looking at your services and talking to you and all that? Yeah. I mean, all my stuff's on my website, my packages, you know, I have branding, brand strategy, website design, semi-custom websites, do design intensive, like day-long design intensives. So there's a really something for everybody, just kind of depending on what you're needing. You know, maybe if you need like a half day, even like a half day design intensive, you know, those are some things we do too. So from like packaging work to branding to business cards to websites. And, you know, I've done a lot of different things, just kind of like working in corporate, but also like working for, with other small businesses. So yeah, all, everything's on the site. Cool. Yeah. I'll link to it. Everyone needs to look at your website because yeah, it looks really good. Like, <laughs> I could just, I was like looking around on it way too long before this interview because I was like, it looks so beautiful. I just want to keep looking at every page. Anyway though, thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing your experience and coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today and for staying until the end. I appreciate you being here. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I want to invite you to check out my online course and coaching program for designers, Booked Out Designer. In this program, I teach you how to build a successful in-demand booked out business as a designer. You'll learn everything from the exact experience I take my clients through to things like figuring out your niche, mastering discovery calls, pricing your services for profit, creating contracts that will not call 
cause you legal troubles and my exact social media strategies to book clients. You even get to watch recordings of me in actual meetings with my actual clients so you can really learn through what you're seeing. We take things you're learning on this podcast and so many topics I never even cover on the show and deep dive into them. So in addition to the amazing course, the course is nine modules of teaching with over 90 lessons. You get group coaching calls with me and access to an exclusive Facebook community of designers just like you. And fun fact, this isn't one of those kind of Facebook groups where the founder never comments on posts or you never see them in there. You'll find me there all the time ready to help you out with any business question you have. So to get info on the course and to see when the doors will be opening again, head to elizabethmccravey.com slash BOD short for booked out designer. I hope to be able to coach you and teach you inside of the course soon. And don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. And a great way to support the show is to leave a rating and review, share it with a friend, share it on social media. All of that will help get the word out. All right. I'll see you again next week.